Mark Cuban. How you do anything is how you do everything. If you're not, if you don't pay attention to detail on the little things, you're not going to be in the habit of paying attention to detail for the big things. Ken Griffey Jr. Hey, he wears his hat backwards. Well, I wear my hat backwards because my dad had a fro and I wanted to wear his hat. And if I put his hat on at age six and, you know, he's got a eight and a half and I got like a little five, it's not going to really stay on my head. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. John Smoltz. If you don't have the imagination and the willingness to fail or not being afraid to fail, I don't think you can be truly great. Candace Parker. I have had so much hope for this generation coming up that have grown up with women in sports, in leadership roles, on television, speaking about sports, speaking knowledgeably about sports. Pau Gasol. To me, all the work that I've done, all the humanitarian work that I've done has always given me great perspective, has allowed me to keep my feet on the ground and uh, has really put and reminded me what's truly important. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. We have had some great former pro athletes on recently. Emmett Smith, Malcolm Jenkins, Oscar De La Hoya, and Tracy McGrady. We've got another great former pro athlete on this week. Matt Holiday, former Major League Baseball star with the Colorado Rockies, Oakland A's, St. Louis Cardinals, and New York Yankees. Seven-time All-Star. He won a World Series with the Cardinals in 2011. He won a batting title and an NLCS MVP with the Cardinals in 2007. Matt is now part of PBX Pickleball, the organization that unites retired professional athletes with the pickleball community. So we're going to discuss Holiday's stellar Major League Baseball career. He shares his thoughts on Major League Baseball's current playoff format. He adds some other rules that he would change if he was the commissioner of Major League Baseball. He shares terrific insight into baseball super agent Scott Boris, who represented Holiday during his playing career. We discuss Matt's son, Jackson, who was the number one pick in the 2022 MLB draft. He's now in the Baltimore Orioles organization. And Matt shares why he is involved with pickleball and loves it so much he plays two hours every day. I'm joined by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I am doing good, and I, too, do love pickleball. It is very addicting and fun to play, and, uh, you know, it's just a cool sport. It's kind of a mix of a few sports, and uh, I enjoy playing it. But, uh, yeah, Matt is such a great guest. I mean, talk about you railed off all his uh, accolades there. I mean, seven-time All-Star. He's played with some great franchises. He tells some good stories about that, but uh, just a great baller and another guy that's doing some awesome stuff off the field now that his, uh, you know, actual career is done with baseball. So, uh, fun conversation. Yeah, and PBX Pickleball is interesting. They've got Andrew Jones. They just signed Urban Meyer. Um, a lot of former baseball players. Um, you know, we've seen even tennis players gravitate to pickleball. So um, I'll ask him why are former elite athletes gravitating to pickleball? Like, what's the draw? Um, we'll talk about the growth of PBX Pickleball. But uh, yeah, really fun conversation. I love it, too. Um, you know, I've played a couple times and every time I've played pickleball, I've had a really good time. And I love the fact, like I played, uh, in a tournament, you know, just for fun at someone's house. And like, I was teamed with an 80 year old. (laughs) There's not many sports where you can have, you know, the gap in age 
and you know you can still be on the same court competing against each other or with each other. So um, I just think it's a really fun game to play. Yeah, I think uh, it's also kind of a conversation sport. I find myself just chatting it up while you're playing. It's you can still kind of talk and hang out while you're playing a sport. So it's kind of fun to to have that side of it too. All right, before we get to the conversation with Matt Holiday, let's look at some headlines of the week. First of all, reports are NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell is closing in on a new three-year contract extension. That would bring his total career earnings to $700 million as the commissioner of the NFL. Not bad. And you may go, oh my gosh, that is unbelievable. More money than any commissioner's ever made in the history of pro sports. But guess what? The NFL in 2021 signed a set of domestic media deals that were worth $110 billion. That's just the media deals. That's not other sponsors. That's not ticket revenue. That's not, obviously, the owners love Roger Goodell because the franchise values are increasing. We saw the Washington commander sell for $6 billion dollars a couple months ago so the nfl is a cash cow roger goodell sits uh as the goose that is laying the golden eggs for all the owners so when you think about it if you're signing billions and billions of dollars worth of deals 700 million not that much money for them (laughs) yeah i tell you he uh he's done well and he kind of feels like a lifer i feel like he's going to be around for a while like you said as long as stuff keeps going up with the nfl which does the NFL ever lose money? I mean, we never talk about that because they don't. I mean, they keep making money every year. So it looks good for him. And I think we're also going to start talking more about NFLs in the billions rather than millions. I feel like everything we everything's progressing to that big B word, less millions, which is just, you know, pocket change now. It's billions. Yeah, I mean, we talk a lot about uh, Michael Jordan was one of the first billion-dollar athletes. I think he was the first billion-dollar athlete. Uh, we told you on our show a couple of weeks ago, Forbes put him on their list. $3 billion net worth right now. Um, Tiger Woods, a billion dollars. LeBron James, a billion dollars. We've never seen a commissioner get to a billion dollars. So it looks like Roger Goodell is tracking that way. If he hangs around for another term after this three-year contract, you would think he's probably going to reach that billion dollar mark. And then, yeah, he can do the mic drop at the end and and say, <laughs> I made more money than any other commissioner in the history of pro sports. All right. The next headline, Major League Baseball playoffs continue. We're down to the final four. It's Texas and Houston in the American League Championship Series. That's on Fox. Uh, It's Arizona and Philadelphia in the National League Championship Series. That's on Turner. Um, A few things. One, as we record this, Texas went into Houston and beat them both games. So they're up two zip. Texas has not lost in the playoffs this year. I think they've only trailed in one inning. So they have been dominant with a capital D. Um, Really amazing story there. Chris Young, former player, is their GM. He basically went and knocked on the door at Bruce Bochy's house and pulled him out of retirement and said, come manage this team. Bruce Bochy won three World Series championships with the Giants. So, you know, he has done an amazing job. Uh, Chris Young did an amazing job building this roster. It's really a remarkable story what we're seeing in Texas. That series isn't over, but you know, if you're Houston and you're going back to Texas now and you've got to win what four of the next five, 
that's going to be uh, a tall order. Arizona Philly. Philly continues their hot ways. They won game one, but I think this is going to be a good series. Um, two really good young teams. Philly's bats and their highest paid players are really coming through. Bryce Harper, Trey Turner. Um, you know, those guys have huge contracts, but they're producing. The Phillies made it to the World Series last year. It's amazing to see the crowds that they generate in Philadelphia, probably the best home field advantage in Major League Baseball. Um, and then Griggs, what's really interesting is the teams with the top records in baseball are all out. So the Atlanta Braves, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Baltimore Orioles, and the Tampa Bay Rays had the best records in baseball. They're all out. So one of the things I discussed with Bat Holiday coming up is, does this playoff format hurt the best teams who get a bye and five days off in the first round, and then you're playing Arizona and Philadelphia and Texas, who were all wild card teams, and they're coming in playing meaningful games down the home stretch. They are getting a lot of at bats and reps. Like they're not rusty. They're they're coming in hot, and you know you almost wonder if at some point they might change the playoff format. Because while it's nice to give the teams with the best records rest, I think it's more than coincidental that the teams with the four best records in Major League Baseball are all out. Yeah, and I think it's, uh, you know, baseball is such a, it's a long season and it ramps up at the end. When you want to peak is at the end and then all of a sudden these guys get a week off. And I think you're right. It, you know, they sit there and they, and they get a little rusty and these other guys are coming in hot. They're winning games and they're just on a flow and they're, they're, they're going well. And we're seeing that with Texas and Philly. I mean, they're, they're rocking and rolling. They're they're hitting balls great, and uh, going to be a fun series. I like that Philly series. I agree. That fan base is phenomenal. I mean, they're they're so fun just to watch the games in Philly because the crowd's going crazy. So I think that's probably my favorite series, and I think uh, Philly's probably my team out of those four. Now, Major League Baseball has done many things wisely and well this year. You know, we love the pitch clock. Um, you know, a lot of good rules changes. One of the things I'll never understand. These are your biggest, most meaningful games of the year. Why are you putting these up against the NFL? Why are you putting game one of the ALCS up against Sunday night football? Why are you putting game one of the NLCS up against Monday night football with the Dallas Cowboys and the LA Chargers in two of the biggest media markets in the country? I understand most people are going to go, well, burger. They're at the mercy of the TV networks. They have to play these games when the TV networks want to play them or want to air them. I would push back. I mean, again, you know, Major League Baseball, you're picking your rights partners, just like the NBA does, just like the NFL does. You don't want to go up against the juggernaut that is the NFL. I mean, the NFL, just so our listeners understand this, will do at least twice, maybe three times the audience of what Major League Baseball will do for the World Series. Their biggest showcase, their most meaningful games, uh, preseason NFL game is going to get bigger numbers than the World Series. So at this point of the season, when you want the most eyeballs up, you know, watching these games, the League Championship Series, I just don't understand why he would put them up against Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football which are always two of the highest rated programs of the week during the NFL season. Well, yeah. And I mean, I, I've watched the NFL games. I didn't even watch the baseball games. I watched highlights after the Monday night game last night, but I did not watch the baseball game. I mean, I mean that kind of proves it right there. You're right. 
the Sunday night and the Monday night games are usually the biggest of the week. They always have big brand teams playing. And it's just, it's must-watch TV. So I'm always going to pick NFL. And it is interesting because you got all these weekday games and you could easily put start the series tonight. And then you've got full audience with there's no other sports going. So I don't know. It's interesting to see how that works. But NFL continues to be king in the ratings, as you mentioned. One of the things I'll also mention for uh, at least the games that have been on Warner Brothers TV, so like TBS, um, I have HBO Max. I love the fact that I can watch these games on HBO Max now. Mm -hmm. I can watch basically anything TBS and TNT on HBO Max now. So I've been watching the playoffs on HBO Max seamless. I will watch NBA on TNT on HBO Max and expect it to be the same seamless experience. So I think it's really smart. Like if you have a sister company or a company within your own portfolio, why wouldn't you put that on your app in order to make it more appealing to consumers like me? HBO and Warner finally did this. And I think it's really smart. So, you know, you've got some Bleacher Report sports. You've got basically any sporting event that's airing on TNT. It's also airing on the HBO Max app now. And I've really been enjoying it. Griggs, I don't know if you've I have it there or elsewhere. And one note too, like I know you and me are both uh, YouTube TV subscribers. They actually broadcast in poor quality. Where if you watch something on HBO or these apps, you're going to get full HD. So you're going to get a better picture watching on the app too. So I switch over anything that's on an app like an HBO or uh, anything else. It's going to be better quality. Like I'll watch Sunday Night Football on Peacock TV because it's better quality. So that's just a little good side tip. note. Yeah. Briggs with a good tip there for all of you with uh, the app. All right, our next headline. I actually love this story. You know, I have no idea the terms of the deal or what Reebok had to do, but Shaquille O'Neal has been named the president of Reebok Basketball. Allen Iverson is the vice president of Reebok Basketball. And what was Shaq's first move as president? Griggs, he signed LSU women's basketball star Angel Reese to a deal. Shaq also played at LSU and is a big supporter of LSU. But first of all, this is great for women's sports that Angel Reese is the first signing by Shaq. Um, Sabrina Anescu's shoe with Nike has been selling like gangbusters. So if Angel Reese has a similar success story selling her shoe with Reebok, assuming she's going to get a shoe, um, that would be a great story too. But I just, look, you know, I'm a... I'm an 80s, 90s kind of NBA guy. You know, the John Tech music on yep. NBA, on NBC. Um, I was a big Shaq and Allen Iverson fan. So to see these guys named the one and two at Reebok, I think it's brilliant by Reebok. Like if you're actually bringing back your basketball division and you want to go sign athletes and you want to be competitive as a shoe company and apparel company, who better than Shaq and, and AI is synonymous with Reebok. I mean, Shaq has done his own shoe um, and, you know, has done some other things. So he's kind of circling back with Reebok. But AI is the biggest brand ambassador that Reebok has ever had. And for you youngsters out there, you know, AI had the drip back in the day. Like all the players, all the rappers, all the pop culture people, they wanted to dress like AI. So yep. having AI come along for this with Shaq, I think it's a brilliant move by Reebok. We'll see 
you know, who else they sign and, and how many shoes they sell. I absolutely love it. I think it is just like a classic throwback to, you're right, 80s. I remember growing up, it was the Reebok pump-ups that you pumped up on the, the shoe yeah. thing to put the air in it. I mean, that's all we rocked. It was great. And I love seeing it back. You got to go big if you're Reebok like they did. You've got to get names that people know that are relevant. We see them on commercials already. I mean, Shaq's everywhere, obviously. AI's everywhere. So I think it's awesome. I'm excited to see what they start producing because Reebok had some awesome shoes. I mean, they were in the game in the 80s. So let's go. Let's bring them back. I'm excited. Yeah. And you look at what Shaq has done for like Papa John's, right? Like we're basically these companies, Papa John's and Reebok have said, Shaq, we're turning it over to you. I mean, people look at Shaq sometimes and they think, you know, he's just a big old fun loving, you know, basketball player. This guy is a real bright, sharp business person. I mean, there's plenty of articles online that you can read about Shaq and his business savvy, but it was basically what Reebok has done. They kind of took a play out of the Papa John's playbook and said, look, we need to be reborn again. We need to be relevant. We need to go sign, uh, you know, the best basketball players out there. Let's go get Shaq. So uh, I love this move. Greg, speaking of women's basketball, this past weekend, a record 55,646 fans packed into Kinnick Stadium for the Iowa-DePaul scrimmage. Caitlin Clark, you know, her and Angel Reese are the two biggest names in all of women's basketball. The WNBA is, like, salivating <laughs> that those two are going to enter the draft at some point and come into their league because now in this age of NIL, They've got real brand recognition and awareness that they'll bring to the WNBA. And it was amazing to see that many people turn out. So an all-time record. The one thing that was funny is they're wearing long sleeve shirts. It was a little bit windy. So Caitlin Clark <laughs> said she had a three-pointer that kind of blew the other way. She airballed a free throw because it was so like you're literally having to factor in the wind. <laughs> And the cold, they're like on the bench shivering. So, you know, it was a fun stunt. If you ask Caitlin Clark and the rest of the players, they're probably like, I'm good playing inside a gym. Yeah. Like, I, I don't need to do the factor in the wind and freeze my you-know-what off going forward. But it was it was fun. And, you know, again, amazing that, you know, Nebraska a few weeks ago could put in 77,000, I think it was, for women's volleyball. And now we've got 55,000 showing up for a scrimmage yeah. for women's basketball. You know, again, I've said it a million times for anyone who doesn't think this is the time to invest in women's sports. I don't even know what to tell you anymore. I agree. It, it was such a cool spectacle. I loved how it was. And it's so funny, like you said, with the weather, uh, it kind of changes your stats when it's blowing 20 miles an hour from the left right. to right. <laughs> but yeah, I love the uh, I love the new ideas that we're doing with the filling these stadiums for these outdoor stadiums and getting the women's sports out there and the fans are loving it. And, you know, it's just fun. It's something cool to watch, something different to watch. And it brings awareness to a great sport and some awesome athletes. So I love it. All right. Last headline. This is from our friend Andrew Marshawn from the New York Post sports media reporter. He's been on with us before. He reports that Disney's hope is to find two partners for ESPN as it attempts to sell a piece of the sports network. And he says, in an ideal world, according to these sources, ESPN would like a digital company like Apple and a mobile platform like Verizon. So, you know, once again, we're seeing the media change. You know, you and I were on the streaming train long ago before most people. If you go back and listen, you know, probably 
four or five years ago, we were talking about the streaming train. Um, now, if you're these media networks like ESPN, you want to be available everywhere. You know, you can't just be on linear TV anymore. You've got to be on streaming. You've got to have an app. You've got to have partnerships with a digital company like Apple. Um, and you want to be mobile everywhere because that's, I mean, your son and my daughter and anyone who's young, they're on the mobile platforms. They're on their iPad. They're on their phone. Um, you've got to be very relevant on those mobile platforms. So this will be interesting to watch. I mean, obviously, ESPN has paid billions of dollars in rights fees for college football and the NBA and the NFL. And, you know, this will have a big shaping in how we consume things from ESPN going forward. Yeah, and I think they need it. I'm not a big fan of the ESPN Plus or the ESPN app. It just doesn't flow right. They black out a lot of stuff. I mean, it just yeah. there's clearly something they need to move past where they're at. Yes. They're trying to be digital, yeah. but they're not quite there yet. So now it's it's one of the worst apps out there. Yeah. I mean, sorry, friends at ESPN, but like if you look at like we talked about HBO Max, mm -hmm. Apple has been great with the MLS coverages, and I walked lots of Messi on there. Yep. Here, there are just so many apps that are doing it better. And ESPN slash Disney has to solve this riddle because they're already pretty far behind. And, you know, if you're going to charge a certain fee for your app like they do currently, it's got to be dependable and it's got to have a, a wide variety of things that you can consume. Yep. It's got to be available on mobile. Um, so, you know, yeah, you're right. They, they've got to get this figured out. Griggs, uh, before we go, it's either going to be next week or the week after. Let me give our audience a preview of some things that we have coming up. Um, first, uh, Milwaukee Bucks president Peter Fagan is going to join us here on Sports Business Radio. Uh, he's been on before. Man, the Bucks got Damian Lillard. They've grown the Deer District. Their business is phenomenal. And they are many people's favorite to win the NBA title this upcoming season. Um, we've got this in-season tournament that's going to be taking place for the first time. We've got media rights deals on the horizon. Um, they're doing this all from a small market. So not L.A., it's not New York, not Philadelphia or Miami. They're doing this from a small market. And um, it's going to be interesting to dig into the business of the Bucks. I would invite our listeners. I mean, we've dug into the business of the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Golden State Warriors, Duke men's basketball, UCLA. Um, the Las Vegas Golden Knights, we were with the president, um, Kerry Bubholes, a, a few weeks ago. So, like, we have really looked under the hood of some championship organizations in the last year, and this will be another. The Bucks are one of the best in all of sports. And then, Griggs, you and I are going to New York next week, and we're going to be doing the Sports Business Radio Roadshow presented by Morgan Stanley, Global Sports and Entertainment. That's going to be fun. We'll have some great guests. Um, you know, we're excited to see our friends from Morgan Stanley and really dig into what they're doing with money in the making, financial literacy for NIL athletes, young creators, influencers. I mean, they are changing the game as far as empowering young people and their financial literacy. So, um, you know, we haven't been in New York in a while. It's going to be fun to go back. And uh, we'll definitely have to have a slice of New York pizza while we're out there. Of course, you and I always uh, dominate our trips in a short time, but we uh, we cover the city. So I'm excited to hit the road with you again. And uh, yeah, I mean, a couple of great shows coming up, including today. So 
nice little lineup of three shows in your, in your near future. All right, coming up next, Matt Holiday, former Major League Baseball star, seven-time All-Star, World Series champion, and now he's part of PBX Pickleball. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. There's nothing common about you. Now your talent, your drive, your achievements, or even your challenges. You need distinctive financial strategies that match your lifestyle and career trajectory. Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment was created to address your specific needs at every stage of your career and deliver the financial education and strategies you need to help advance your game plan. They speak the language. They know your business. Morgan Stanley will work with you to achieve your goals. I've trusted Morgan Stanley with my personal wealth management for almost 20 years. Visit Morgan Stanley at morganstanley.com backslash GSE. That's morganstanley.com backslash GSE. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. My guest is Matt Holliday, former MLB star with the Colorado Rockies, Oakland A's, St. Louis Cardinals, and New York Yankees. Seven-time All-Star. He won a World Series ring with the Cardinals in 2011. He's won a batting title, and he's been an NLCS MVP. He's now part of PBX Pickleball, the organization that unites retired professional athletes with the pickleball community. Matt, welcome to Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining me. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, okay. How did you get involved with PBX Pickleball? There's a great roster of other athletes and celebrities involved with this. What led you to want to get involved? Well, I, uh, right around COVID, uh, a couple of friends invited me to, to play pickleball, um, in a cul-de-sac outside and, you know, there wasn't much going on and, and uh, so I took him up, up on it, never really played, didn't know, never really actually heard of it. And uh, so I went and played a couple times and really started to kind of like it and, and uh, felt like, uh, you know, I, I hadn't got to smash a ball in a while. So uh, a couple high balls went up and, and uh, smashed them and, and, and liked that feeling. So I uh, started playing a little bit during COVID and then uh, when COVID kind of ended and um, I was still coaching baseball at Oklahoma State, and then uh, I guess I, about a year ago, um, I started playing a lot more. Played in a couple tournaments, and then uh, I was uh, my one of my former teammates, Brad Penny. Um, he sent me a message and, and said basically, kind of explained to me what PBX was and, and what they were trying to do with it, and asked me if I wanted to be involved. And uh, sounded like a great time. Sounded like. Uh, you know, I, I love playing. I, I play a lot. Um, I probably play too much now. I'm a little obsessed, but um, you know, the combination of getting to to compete and and uh, and be around um, other professional athletes that like to compete and 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 sort of use pickleball as this um, avenue for us to engage with fans and and, and you know compete against each other. Uh, it sounded like a great time. It sounded like something that that I would enjoy and uh, enjoy being a part of. Now, as I understand it, PBX has a few different tours. So in some of it, you're competing against fellow athletes and celebrities and others, you're competing against just people from the pickleball community. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of options. I think it's it's still a little bit fluid situation about, you know, exactly how it's uh, it's going to all unfold. But uh, I think our first uh, big event is coming up in uh, December and, and uh, in, in West Palm. 
Um, so I, I know they've had some some uh, get-togethers. I haven't been able to make one of the the sort of practice get-togethers yet, um, but I've surely they've been practicing. So I know uh, there's a lot of a lot of guys that are joining, and, and a lot of guys that I know, and, and then you know some guys some other sports, and and uh, so it, it looks. It looks like a, an ever-growing roster, and I saw Chris Carpenter's doing it now, and, and he's one of my close friends, and I didn't even know he was playing. So I, I called him, and I was like, man, you play pickleball? And he's like, yeah, I, I play some, and you know, I'd like to play more. And, and so uh, he lives in Dallas now, so I'm like, man, you need to come up to Oklahoma. I got a court in, in the barn that uh, I just put in. And um, so, yeah, I, I think um, there's going to be a lot of – a lot of uh, you know options for, for different athletes to kind of try to make different – uh, you know, events. Some of the PBX uh, celebrities involved, obviously yourself, Urban Meyer, Rick Barry, John Smoltz, who's been on this show, Golden Tate, Jeff Conine, Josh Beckett, Tino Martinez, Andrew Jones, Luis Gonzalez, J.D. Drew. I mean, that's a great list. What are some of the skills from baseball that you think translate to making you a good pickleball player? Well, I think that the common denominator of all those people is competitiveness. You know, I think the competitive spirit, when you're done playing your sport, um, you never lose that competitive edge. You know, you never lose that love of competition. So I, I think that that first and foremost sort of links us all together. Um, but I, I think, in, you know, from a baseball standpoint, obviously the hand-eye coordination, uh, hand, you know, things coming at you fast and, and having to make an instant reaction, um, uh, that's probably the main thing, you know, as far as baseball goes, is just, you know, the ball coming at you and and, uh, and being able to react to it. Um, you know, like I said, we, we're all like to be athletes and and uh, and, and compete. So, um, you know, baseball, I think we have an advantage a little bit as hitters. I mean, I don't know if the pitchers, maybe the, the pitchers that hit a lot will will, uh, will be able to benefit from, from uh, you know, that that advantage. But um, I think all in all, it's, it's, a, it's a group of humans that still love to, to compete and, and uh, are looking forward to kind of getting together and uh, it's community pickleballs, you know, a lot about community and, and, uh, and enjoying, you know, being out and exercising and, and competing and playing and um, meet new people, playing doubles with new people, figuring out strategy. Um, it just has, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, I think that that, that's uh, I think the one thing that I've learned is it's a lot of fun to play with a lot of different people. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I've played pickleball and I played in Arizona earlier in the year and there were people out there in their 70s and 80s playing and, you know, they're not as fast as some of the younger people, but they're still able to participate and play. So I think that sense of community is is right on the target. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's uh, it's growing fast, like you said. Um, they may not be as fast as young people, but they might be really good at placing the ball. So right. um, it's a sport where there's a lot of strategy. You know, you'd be able to be careful who you, who you think you, you're going up against. Uh, sometimes don't maybe they don't look like great competition, but uh, you start playing them and, and uh, you know, it, you don't have to be a tremendous athlete to be a great pickleball player. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where a lot of different, like you said, a lot of age group. Um, differences can play 80, 80 year olds can play against 20 year olds. And, and, uh, um, so that's one thing that I've found here in, in Stillwater is I play with a lot of different age people and, uh, it's a really cool community. You, you make friends and of all ages and, and you develop relationships. And I, I think that that's, I think that's probably the appeal of pickleball when people talk about how much it's grown and how big it's gotten and how many people are playing. I think it's the community element that we as humans strive to have community and, and, and friendship and fellowship and, 
Um, I think pickleball offers that in a lot of different ways. All right. On the celebrity pickleball circuit, if there was someone that you could match up against, someone that you want to see on the other side of the net, who who would you like to face off against? Well, I don't know if he plays, but I'd love to play Michael Jordan. I was a huge Michael Jordan fan growing up. And uh, I understand that he's probably one of the most competitive humans of all time. So um, I don't know if he plays or if they're if he's got any interest in, in, in being on the the PBX tour, but I would I would love to to play with or against Michael Jordan. But um, you know, I'm looking forward to to playing some of the guys that are that are uh, that are good. Uh, I've got a chance to play some doubles against some pros, and and it's fun. So um, I I would say he he stands out for me as far as somebody that you know that as an athlete that I would love to to play against. And and I've always uh, you know Tom Brady, guys like that that that. Uh, you know, you, you, uh, you respect and, and in other sports that, you know, you, you have done amazing things. It's interesting to me, I guess next February, uh, Andre Agassi and his wife, Steffi Groff are going to take on John McEnroe and Maria Sharapova. So even some tennis players are facing off in pickleball. That's really interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, people, there's just a lot of interest, you know, I mean, I think people are playing it. So what do they want to do? They want to, they want to watch it and they want to, you know, learn, learn how to play better. And, um, and I, and I think again, like we talked about earlier, as you get older, you know, that in tennis, they don't have to cover as much court. It's not as hard as in their bodies. Um, it's still competitive. It's still fun. It still has some of the similar aspects of, of tennis and that, you know, that translate over. Um, so I, I think that I'm not surprised. I mean, a lot of the tennis players that are, they're sort of hitting the end of their tennis career age, are transitioning to pickleball and and uh, and finding great success and and finding, you know, another way to earn revenue and 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 make a living. Uh, because we know in, in in tennis, like a lot of sports, uh, once you get to a certain age, you know that you sort of it's a young man's game. So um, I, I think that it is it is interesting. I, I mean, to watch Andre Agassi and, and his wife play, you know, former great tennis players. I'm I'm interested to watch. I want to see how good they are at pickleball. So. Um, it's, uh, I think it's pretty cool. All right. Give me the scouting report on Matt Holiday's pickleball game, strengths and weaknesses. Oh, I, uh, I mean, obviously you can hit the ball really hard. Um, if you play <laughs> it up, you don't try to lob me. I'm, I'm pretty good at covering lobs. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I've worked up really hard on, on my backhand. I think that that's probably my weakness just because I don't have much tennis background. So I'm pretty envious of guys that can slice the, the backhand. Uh, return the 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 that nice deep sliced backhand. Um, my dink game has gotten better um, as as I've learned that once you start playing with better players, it becomes very very important. And and the game is is played closer to the net uh, with short shots. Um, and so that's something I've worked really hard on on trying to get better at. Um, so I would I would say that my strength's probably my my athletic ability and able to hit it really hard. Um, and my weakness is probably my lack of tennis background where I've not hit a ton of backhanded shots in my life where I, I don't, I have to sort of overcome some of my, uh, lack of racket, uh, deficiencies with, with, uh, with athletic ability and, and, uh, and strength. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to, I, I, I'm trying to get better at those things and it was cool. I played in, uh, Danny Warfel's event and there was a lot of pros down there because the, the MLP uh, was going on down there. So uh, my partner, Matt Manassi, and I played a bunch of games against, you know, a lot of different pros. So just watching them and playing against them and seeing 
how consistent they are and, and, uh, you know, how good they are at certain shots is, is definitely motivating to, to try to get where, you know, you can at least play with them. And, and, uh, but they, uh, it's, it's incredible. I, I think that people don't appreciate how good they are, um, until you you start playing yourself and realize how hard some of those shots are. Yeah. How often are you playing a week? Um, I play every day. Um, wow. Serious. Yeah, I probably at least two hours a day. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, I I put a court in in my barn at the house, and the country club's right down the road. And um, you know, especially now when the weather's pretty nice, like you know, we're out there a lot. But um, my barn's heated, so I, I I'm probably I'm probably more obsessed than than most guys on that are joining this PBX thing. So uh, I bought one of the machines that shoots balls at you that that holds 110 balls that you can with a remote you can change the shot on it. Um, so I uh. I'm all in. I got a lot of time on my hands, Brian. So I, uh, I, uh, I spent a lot of time playing pickleball. Matt, you are diehard. I would love to see you. Got to post. I know you're on Instagram. You got to yeah. post a picture of the barn court. Like I, that I, is probably the coolest court in America. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting finished up. We're putting some padding in and and some uh, some of the flooring around it, and then we're putting a batting cage at the other end for my boys. Uh, so it's it's going to be a pretty cool setup when we're finished, but. Um, yeah, I'm excited about having it this winter when, when the weather gets a little, little cold. So smart. That's awesome. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back after this. 5G is here. Is your stadium ready? From an immersive fan experience to efficient game day operations, 5G is transforming sports and entertainment. If you're ready to jumpstart your 5G transformation, look no further than Boingo Wireless. Boingo is one of the largest operators of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. They provide stadiums and arenas with state-of-the-art 5G networks and support teams across the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, and NCAA. I'm constantly interacting with sports executives, and the reason they love working with Boingo is because Boingo manages 5G and Wi-Fi networks end-to-end offloading very stretched IT teams. Whether your stadium is looking to support mobile ticketing, cashless payment, or connected operations, Boingo has you covered. But don't just take it from me. Their customers include world-class venues like Soldier Field, State Farm Arena, Petco Park, and University of Louisville. Boingo in 5G. Now that's what I call a win-win. For a limited time, Boingo has a special offer for Sports Business Radio listeners. They're offering a free 5G assessment for your stadium or arena. To get started, simply email sbradio at boingo.com and mention this podcast. That's sbradio at boingo.com. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. Now, back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. All right, let's talk a little bit of baseball. I got to talk some baseball with you while okay. you're on. Um, let's start with your son. Holy cow. He was the number one pick by the Orioles in the 2022 draft. He was just named the Orioles minor league baseball player of the year. What's it been like for you who had so much success at the major league baseball level to watch your son develop like he has? Well, it's been really, uh, it's been really impressive the way he's handled uh, everything that's come his way so fast, and it, you know, it's it's really happened fast, and and going from you know just like maybe two months before the draft of not knowing where he was going to get drafted to 
starting to hear rumblings that it was going to be in the top five to top three. And then the Orioles are, you know, showing up at a lot of his high school games to, um, you know, knowing he's going to be picked in the top three. And then, you know, whether Orioles going to take him first and, and then they picked him and then, um, you know, he went out and played and then had an off season and it really has come very quickly. Um, and then he went out in his first season and made it all the way to AAA. And uh, so I, I've been really impressed. It's been fun to to watch him do what he loves. And I tell people like, I love that we share a passion, but I want him to, you know, I've wanted all, all my kids to chase their passion in life. And, um, and it just so happens that the two older ones for sure love baseball and, and we share that passion. And, and so it, it makes it that much more fun. But um, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of the way he's handled everything. And, and uh, he's, a, he's a very focused, uh, very, uh, this is what I want. And then has very good, you know, tunnel vision on what he wants. And and he told me I want to get to double A. And I said, you know, I, you know, it's a great aspiration, but let's just take it one day at a time. And you know, he went went all the way to triple A. So he's uh he sets his mind to things, and and he he likes to chase chase uh, chase his goals. So um, I'm proud of him, like I said, and and just uh, it's been a really really cool to watch. What advice has he sought from you, if any? I have a kid too, and and sometimes. She doesn't care what I have to say about things and just wants to figure things out on her own. But uh, what advice has he sought from you? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, mostly it's been like technical hitting stuff. Um, you know, he still re- re- relies heavily on his mom and I with um, some, you know, just logistic things and how to help him get from his car from here to here. And, you know, just some of that stuff that that he needs help with as a 19-year-old trying to manage um, you know, his career and, and, and playing baseball and then all the, you know, getting called up four different times and moving. And, um, obviously we, we, we help him with a lot of that stuff, but I, I think that the one thing, you know, that I think he, he, he likes to, to, to use me for is to help. Cause I've seen him swing since he was obviously a little guy and, and sort of know the bad habits that he can get into when he gets in a little bit of a rut. And, um, so there's times when he calls and we just talk, um, maybe just some mechanic stuff, but, uh, for me, it's always just, I want him to talk to me and bring it up. I don't want, I don't want our relationship to be all baseball where he feels like I'm calling because I'm concerned or, or panicked that he's not, he didn't get any hits. You know, I, I think that, uh, the one good thing about having done it for a long time is I understand how hard it is. And I understand that that's not what you need from, you know, outside sources. Now, yeah, I want to be a resource for him if he needs me. Obviously, I've I pay close attention and I I know his swing really well and I know his his body and how it moves. But um, like I said, I, I just try to be there for him and and want to hear how he's doing uh, outside of baseball. And then, like I said, a lot of times it turns towards baseball because he loves it and I love it and we we like to talk about it. But um, he's uh, he's handled it all real well. But Probably mostly um, the things that he's he's count he he counts on me for is is baseball stuff mechanics. Yeah, I look at Adley Rushman with the Orioles. I look at Corbin Carroll with the Diamondbacks. It's amazing how fast these young players can develop and integrate right away with their organizations. Do you kind of look at that as well? Yeah. I, it's funny you said that. I was thinking about Corbin Carroll just watching him last night, and I don't think people are talking about him enough. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's very young. Um, he's not spent much time in minor leagues, and he's doing, you know, maybe it's because he's playing in Arizona, but 
people aren't paying as close attention if he was in New York or Boston or somewhere on the East Coast. It was a little bigger market, but he's had an incredible start to his career. And you mentioned Adley and Gunnar Henderson is 22 years old and he's probably going to win the rookie of the year at 22. And and guys are, um, I, I think they're, they're challenging high school and, and drafted players more than they have ever before and uh, letting them sort of set their own pace based on their own skills. And I think that, you know, it's sort of the older school and maybe when I was coming up, it was it was sort of this developmental plan that that everybody fit into and you just kind of went year to year in the minor leagues and, and uh, you know, they just left you there. And even if you did great, they were like, that's great. Just keep doing great there. And then next year, you'll try the next level. And, and I think nowadays they're much more eager to push guys and, and give them a chance to to kind of keep keep moving up faster and and uh, and just give them a shot in major leagues. There's a lot of really good young players that are breaking in and, and more to come. So it definitely seems like a, a time where younger guys are are getting opportunities uh, maybe earlier than than they used to. What do you think of the MLB pitch clock this year? Really shortened games. Things move along a lot faster. Did you give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? I like it. I like it. I think the pitchers have done a nice job adjusting. Um, I think that I like the, you know, the hitter getting one timeout to kind of catch his breath if he needs it and maybe, you know, sort of reset. Uh, I, I think all in all, it's been, a, it's been wildly successful. I think it's, it's shortened the games. Um, I think it's, it's kept the, the, the action going a little bit better. And um, if, if that was the goal, then I think that it's been achieved. And I, I actually, I'm really a big fan of the challenge system they're using in AAA with the automatic uh, ball and strike system they have in place. And I actually think that that would be a great next step because I do think that, you know, umpires are human and they make mistakes. And in big spots, you could get a chance to appeal. And we have the we have the technology and the science that we can get it right. Then I think it's cool. I, I watched the AAA games, you know, when Jackson was up there and uh, it, I think it actually adds an element of intrigue when you look up on the scoreboard and they show the, the 3D imaging and the ball coming in and whether it's a ball or a strike and whether the hitter got it right or the pitcher got it right. Um, I like it. And I think it, it I, I think it, it now that we have we've I think we've done a good job of getting the the science right on it that I, I'm ready for that to be put in play as well. So uh, all in all, I think it, it's been good. Yeah, that's a great point about that rule in, in AAA, it would be interesting to see it in the big leagues. Um, the playoffs going on right now. It's interesting because, you know, you've got wild card round. We're in the second round right now. And, you know, you see these teams like the Dodgers and the Braves and the Orioles who win a lot of games in the regular season. But in the best three of five, anything can happen. And it seems like the last few years, anything is happening. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tricky, you know, by extending these wild cards and giving these top two seeds five days off. Um, hitter, as a, you know, sort of creature of the, you know, we get into these rhythms of the season where we're playing most every day. Um, and you, then you, you stop and pause for five days. Uh, it's difficult. I mean, they're, they're trying to create these scrimmages and sort of these inter-squad things where um, trying to recreate the game type. But there's just no... There's no creating that environment. So you 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 have these teams that have amazing seasons, and then they get put on 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 hold for five days. And these other teams are still competing and battling, and they're coming off of a big series win, and they're you know they're sort of playing in this good rhythm. And then, um, so I I don't know what the answer is, um, 
but I don't think it's going anywhere as far as this new wildcard system because the owners, you know, obviously the revenue, um, the entry of having more wild cards keeps more people in the stands and there's obviously a lot of money to be made. Um, but it is tricky because it, you, like you said, the, the top teams are sitting and, and waiting and then, you know, they seem to be getting punched in the face a little bit with a team coming off of, you know, a, a successful three-game series and, and uh, rolling in with a lot of momentum. So um, I don't know that there's a perfect answer or solution to uh, what to do about it, but it does make it tricky when you have five days off. Yeah, that's a great point because, you know, you think you're rewarding the teams who won the most games, but again, if you look at a team like the Dodgers the last couple of years, and, you know, they haven't been eliminated yet, but they're down... O two to the Diamondbacks who have that momentum as you're discussing, maybe it is a disadvantage to have to sit around and wait for five days. You look at players like Mookie and, and Freddie Freeman, who the last couple of postseasons just have not had the success of hitting that they had in the regular season. Maybe there's something to that. No, I think there is for sure. Um, I, I think that as a hitter, there's something to having live at bats every day and and being in a rhythm where you're seeing pitches to sort of having four or five days off, it, it definitely takes a minute. So you hope that uh, you can squeeze out one of those two games while you get reacclimated acclimated uh, to, to seeing live pitching and, and sort of back in the rhythm of the game. Um, but they're in a tough spot now, obviously, down 0-2. But, um, you know, I think when you look at the Dodgers, you also got to, you know, think about all of the injuries they've had on the pitching staff. And, um, you know, that takes a toll on a team. And, and uh, so... You know, there's there's a couple different reasons. You know, I think the Dodgers might be a, a little bit of a, a struggle right now, but I do know for sure that hitting is is more difficult when you've had four or five days off. All right, just a couple more minutes. I don't know that I've ever had a Scott Boris client on Sports Business Radio. Scott Boris repped you for a long time. Give me the real uh, scoop on on Scott Boris. What was it like working with him? It certainly seems like he maximizes the value of his clients. Yeah, Scott's great. Um, I've really enjoyed getting to know Scott over the years. Um, he is uh, he is extremely uh, locked into his job. He loves what he does. He loves to represent players. Um, he loves the game. Uh, he loves all aspects. Obviously, he was a player. Um, and then, you know, he wants what's best for the players. And obviously, sometimes it gets a bad rap because it doesn't really match with what the owners want. So uh, you have this sort of, you know, the the fans sometimes blame him. And then, you know, there's an owner side. And, you know, it's just sometimes it gets a little bit ugly. But from a from a, just a personal uh, relationship, uh, he and I are close friends. Um, the people in his company are fiercely loyal to him. Um, he's had almost the entire same staff for the last 20 years, which always tells me um, that he's doing something right when he has the same people that work for him and are loyal to him. And, and they must be happy with what, you know, their, their job and what they're doing. Um, so I, his company is, is first class. Um, a lot of, I have a lot of close friends that the marketing agent Tyler is a close friend of mine. Is the the assistant or the you know vice president Mike Fiore is a very close friend of mine, and um, a lot of other you know the the, the Patrick Palmero who has been with Jackson, um, you know, in sort of his first year and a half of uh, is a tremendous young man. So um, he hires really good people. Uh, they do a great job for their clients. Um, 
they're all about baseball. Uh, they want what's best for their client, obviously, and from a financial standpoint, which everybody knows, but from a personal and performance standpoint, they offer you everything you could ever want. So um, I have I have had a tremendous experience uh, having Boris Corporation as my agency. When you were getting ready for a negotiation, would it be Scott coming to you and saying, hey, Matt, look, this is what I'm going to present to the team that we want to get you to? Or was it you going to him and saying, here's what I'm looking for? Or is it a combination of the two? It's both. It's both. You know, I, I think that particularly when you go into free agency, if you have some leverage on where you go, um, you know, you can you can sort of set aside. Here's here's the most important things to me. Um, you know, some guys, it is money. Some guys, it's the most money. It's the every dollar they can get. And you only get a couple chances and you only get a couple bites of the apple. And and every dollar is the most important thing for them. Uh, other guys would, would say, you know, area of the country or a team they really love or, you know, just, um, you know, whatever your, your uh, sort of, you make a list of, hey, this is my priority list. These are the teams that ideally I would end up on. Um, help me get there. And, and he may say, okay, I've got this team at this price. I've got this team or no, this, you know, they don't have interest. And, and so it's, it's a constant um, relationship of him trying to help you make the best decision for your family. And ultimately it's our decision as the athlete to, to say yes or no when, when we write our name on the paper. Yeah, I've heard his presentations to the teams are legendary, like so thoroughly prepared and, you know, there's just nothing left untapped with his presentation. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and you want he, someone prepared, right? Yeah, I don't think he sleeps. Um, I, I think he 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 uh, he's up you know, thinking about his clients and, and what's best and how to make, you know, whatever, whatever. He, you know, he just is always, it's always moving. It's always, his mind's always moving. He's always, uh, you know, thinking about what's next and how to make it better and, and what he can do to, to help. So, uh, he's, he's definitely, uh, somebody that, that puts a ton of time and effort into it. All right. Before I let you go, other than PBX pickleball, being a husband, being a dad, what's coming up for you? What else are you doing in retirement? Yeah, um, I'm actually, you know, doing some consulting with Boris Corp with, with some of their young hitters, and and uh, um, but I spend most of my time with my kids and, and my wife and playing pickleball, and and I play basketball twice a week, and so I like to be active. Um, we travel some, and we go see Jackson quite a bit, and um, you know, during the season, and and so um, yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, I like to work with young hitters, so you know, got guys coming through Oklahoma and. Uh, work with them and and uh but that's that's primarily what i got going on that's awesome matt holiday seven time all-star just a stud in major league baseball follow him on instagram at matt holiday osu i'm going to be looking for that picture of the barn pickleball court that's going to be sweet when you post that yeah i'm going to put I'll, I'll put some uh maybe i'll put a, an action video on there too whenever we get every, get everything set I'd love to see it. Matt Holiday, thanks so much for joining me on Sports Business Radio. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hi, Brian Berger here from Sports Business Radio. Underdog Fantasy is the official gaming partner of Sports Business Radio and the fastest growing fantasy app. Underdog is a variety of daily and season-long fantasy games that you can play. 
Fastball Mania has $15 million in pool prize money, and first place wins $3 million. You can play as many entries as you want, and once you draft your team, you sit back and enjoy. No lineup change is needed. An underdog pulls your best performers and gives you those points. You never have to worry about leaving the wrong player on the bench again. Griggs and I will have our teams drafted for the upcoming NFL season, and this is a great way to enjoy all the upside of fantasy football without having to worry about maintaining your lineup each week. For daily fantasy, I love playing Pick'em and Rivals. With Pick'em, if I get five picks right, I can win 20 times my money. It's a fun way to do over-unders on player stats as well as pit players against each other. We've got a special offer for sports business radio listeners. New users get up to $100 matched on their first deposit when they use the code SBR, like sports business radio. SBR is the code to use. So download the app at underdogfantasy.com or in your app store and then enter the promo code SBR to get up to $100 to play with. Also, Make sure to listen to my conversation on Sports Business Radio with Underdog Fantasy founder and co-CEO Jeremy Levine. He shares the unique story of how he founded Underdog Fantasy, and he has great insight into the future of daily fantasy and sports betting. Thanks to Underdog Fantasy for being the official gaming partner of Sports Business Radio. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks to the Sports Business Radio team, Brian Griggs, Josh Blank, Ryan Nakajima, and Nicole Wardle. I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Sports Business Radio is produced by Brian Griggs and Griggs Productions, griggsproductions.com.